Hi, welcome back to my podcast. Today I want to talk about the Sabbath. And this is a very important topic because for the times that we're living in right now, and if you are a Bible scholar, you'll know that we're living in the last days. And the Sabbath is one of the last great tests as we look at the Sunday movement and everything that is happening in the world and prophecies being fulfilled we know that the papal Sabbath which is Sunday is being set up and so I want to, to take this time to clarify what is the true Sabbath God's sanctified holy Sabbath and what it will mean for those who choose to obey God according to his command the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy as opposed to the papal Sabbath which is Sunday and those who keep Sunday and show how the mark of the beast will equate to Sunday worship but before we get started let's have a word of prayer most righteous and eternal father I come before your presence at this time father as I'm about to look at this very important topic this present truth this meet in due season father I pray that all that listen will be blessed and pray that you will send your Holy Spirit even father to guide and to teach and to give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Go before me, I pray. Put your words in my mouth, Father, so that they may hear you, that they may hearken unto your voice, Lord, and that they may follow you. Father, I pray and ask for those that will listen hereafter, that they will be blessed, that something will be shared, Father, that will make them turn away from their own thinking, from their own understanding, from their own preconceptions, Father, and that they may search the scriptures, Father, for in them testify of you and of your truth. Be with this podcast, I pray, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start with Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 and this is the seventh day and it says thus the heavens and the earth were finished and and all the host of them and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made so in six days god made all the heavens and earth and all that in them is and he rested on the seventh day so at the end of this creation story we know that god blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it it was holy unto him and now we go to exodus chapter 20 where the commands were given the Ten Commandments, which 
still stand today many would try to have us believe that the commandments are nailed to the cross and that they have no more bearing upon us but we will look at why that is not so and so the fourth commandment i'll just go to that so we're at exodus chapter 20 and verse 10 but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord thy god in it thou shalt not do any work though nor thy son nor thy daughter nor thy servant thy manservant sorry nor thy maidservant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates for in six days which we just looked at in genesis the lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day wherefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and hallowed it herein again we see that the seventh day is blessed we saw in genesis chapter 2 where it was sanctified we see here in exodus chapter 20 where it is hallowed same concept same meaning the seventh day of the lord is unto us a spiritual rest just as he rested from creation and the things that he had made we are also called to have that spiritual rest in jesus and so the sabbath in these last days is going to be a test well for the people of god even now it is a test every every week let's go to ezekiel ezekiel chapter 20 and i'll go to verse 19 so it says i am the lord your god walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them and it says and hollow my sabbaths and they shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that i am the lord your god so it says hollow my sabbaths that it shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that i am the lord your god the sabbath is a sign it is a sign it was a sign between god and the israelites that he was the one that rescued them from their bondage from their captivity in egypt and it was a sign between him and them that he is the lord that sanctified them and it is also a sign for us even as modern day israelites that he is our god he is the god of creation the only one true god and by honoring and hallowing the sabbath thereby we acknowledge that he is the god of creation because he put his seal and stamp on the sabbath the commandment that we just looked at in exodus chapter 20 it contains his seal and his mark and when we thus remember it and honor it we are acknowledging that he is the god of creation and it is a sign between us and him that he is the lord that sanctifies us all right let's go to isaiah chapter 66 and i look at verse 23 and it says and it shall come to pass 
that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. So again, on a weekly basis, it is a sign between us and between the Lord that we will come to worship him as the God of creation, as the God of our salvation, the God that sanctifies us, that keeps us. So from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, we come before him to worship him as the God of our salvation. And I want to talk now about, because many persons say, you know, that before, aforetime, you know, when they kept the Sabbath, it was, you know, for that time, it's since we have the New Testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he came and he bled and he died and you know those commandments are nailed to the cross they they no longer apply to us but I want to go to the New Testament to show that the commandments have not been done away with and and when you think about it if, if, if the commandments have been nailed to the cross then that means that we would it would be okay for us to to disregard the other nine for example thou shalt not kill and steal like why why should we do those i mean if all of the commandments have been nailed to the cross then we're living by grace as as someone would say then we don't need to do anything we can just sin and and pray for forgiveness but it is not so my friends it is not so I want to look at the two great commandments. Okay, so we're at Matthew chapter 22. I'll start at verse 34 just to get some context. So it says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question tempting him and saying master which is the great commandment in the law jesus said unto him thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind this is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets so there we have it there are two great commandments love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself and when you look at the Ten Commandments they can be grouped into these two categories and that is why these are the two great commandments for the first four commandments are regarding your love for God so the first four are loving God with all your heart and with all your soul and the final six are regarding love for your fellow men if you would follow all ten then it would encompass your love for God and your love for fellow men and so that is why there are two great commandments and on these ten hang all the law and all the prophets and we're still in Matthew 
chapter 22 um, looking at the commandments and specifically we're talking about Sabbath but um, I just want to clarify that the commandments have not been done away with and even as we're looking at the Sabbath commandment for these last days that we are supposed to honor and keep all the commandments for they are a transcript of God's character the Sabbath command is an important command and we talked about before that the Sabbath contains the seal of God it has his name his title his jurisdiction and our duty to worship God or duty to keep this command is based on the fact that he is the creator which we looked at in Genesis chapter 2 right so let's go to Revelation chapter 14 because we're still on dealing with the premise that, that that some say that you know the commandments are nailed to the cross we are no longer required to keep them but even as we look in the New Testament we see that the the Bible tells us even in this very last chapter that we are supposed to keep the commandments of God so let's look at Revelation chapter 14 and we're looking at verse 6 and this is the first angels message and it calls us back to true worship and if we would not have departed from worship true worship which is to the God of creation then there would not need to be in this final book a call back to true worship for God knew that Satan the devil which would be warring against the remnant people the remnant church would try to deceive many and try to set up a false Sabbath and many people would be misled and misguided and so here in this final book um, these final messages this the first angel message is a call back to true worship and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people saying with a loud voice fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters so it says that we're to worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters and if you go back to genesis chapter one who made those things who made the earth and the sea and the fountains and the waters it was god it was god in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and throughout the six days he made all these things he is the god of creation and worship is due only to him so that should kind of give you a preview as to where i'm going with this so if you are worshiping someone that is not the creator or if the day in which you worship is not aligned to god's day of worship god's day of rest is holy sabbath then then that is false worship so the sabbath which is 
God's day of worship, which he had bid us to do, to remember and to recognize um, keeping the Sabbath thus recognizes God as the creator because it has his creative seal. So Sunday, which has no holy bearing, if you're keeping Sunday, then that is false worship. Worship is due to God as the creator. The creative power, his creative power is enshrined in the fourth commandment. Right, I hope that's clear. Uh, you can send me any questions you might have. You, I welcome those and I'll address in further podcasts. Uh, let's go to Psalm 100. And we're at verse 3. So it says, Know ye that the Lord he is God. It is he that had made us and not to be ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So the Lord is God. He made us. We did not make ourselves. He is the God of creation. It is he that has made us. And we were made to worship him. Worship is due to him as the creator. And if you worship any other thing, then you're worshiping creation and not the creator. All right, let's jump back to Revelation. And we're going to look at Revelation chapter 4. And we're at verse 11. And it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are made and were created all right let's put some context to this as we're talking about god being uh worship being due to god as the creator and whereas we just looked at he made us and we did not make ourselves and we were made to worship him so it says he is worthy to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things. Ergo, he is the God of creation, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And that includes us. For his pleasure, for his honor, for his name's honor, and his name's glory were we created. And so we are called to worship him as the God of or creation and as the god of creation right let's jump back to psalm so we're just moving between psalm and revelation here let's jump back to psalm and we're going to psalm 96 and verse 5 96 and verse 5 i should invite someone to my podcast to talk as well yeah should be interesting for all the gods of the nations are idols but the Lord made the heavens. And this is a comparison between the, you know, false gods, other gods that are out there that you worship. Um, but as opposed to worshiping the God of creation. So it says, all other gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. And so it is, it is because of this creative power, because of this creative power that is enshrined in you know 
the commandments and especially the fourth commandment that worship is due unto him the lord that made the heavens because any other worship and all other gods are idols are as a result of creation and not god the god of creation i hope that's clear Today I want to talk about how to study the Bible and I thought to start with this topic today because you know there are many ways that we can study the Bible but the Bible provides us with a blueprint so to speak of how we should do these things and I just want to look at in case there is anyone out there that you know wants to study the Bible or is studying the Bible but needs some further guidance uh, I just want us to look at that today but as usual before we embark upon any study of the word we must start with prayer and so let us pray most righteous and eternal father we bow before your presence even though Lord to give you thanks and to give you praise for your blessings we thank you for your mercies your loving kindness and your grace as we are about to look at this very important topic father i ask that you will send your holy spirit to teach and to guide us into all truths we pray for wisdom knowledge and understanding give us a spirit of discernment father and give us a desire a strong desire to study your word daily you have said in your word that we are to study to show ourselves approved and so i pray father that you will give us that desire to search the scriptures even as the Berians did to see if these things were so to verify the things which testify of you thank you lord for hearing and thank you for answering according to your will as i ask these mercies in your son's jesus holy name amen okay let's go to John chapter 5 and verse 39 and this is where we are called to search the scriptures for the testify of Jesus so that's John chapter 5 and verse 39 and it reads search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are which testify of me so the scriptures is what gives us eternal life and they are which testify of me and this is Jesus speaking so these testify of Christ okay let's move on we're going to Acts chapter 17 and we're looking at verse 11 So that's Acts chapter 17, and we're at verse 11. And it says, well, let's look at verse 10, just to get some context. And this 
and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. So the disciples were preaching and they were in Berea and these were the Bereans and the Bible tells us that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so and so it's important that even when we we go to church and we hear the word and we hear the preaching from the pastors and you know we we, we take these things and we listen but we are supposed to verify them for ourselves so they accepted the word with readiness but what did they do they went home and they searched the scriptures just to make sure that whatever they heard whatever was preached to them was exactly so because truth is found in the bible god is the author of truth and so if any man or anyone else comes to you with something that is contrary to scripture that is contrary to the word of god then you know that it is not true as isaiah 8 um, tells us that to the law and to the testimony if they speak not according to this word then there is no light in them it's isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 i think so we are to search the scriptures as we just looked at john chapter 5 verse 10 verse 39 because they testify of jesus and here in acts chapter 17 and verse 11 we are supposed to search whenever we hear anything whenever anything is preached unto us to make sure that whatever we're told that it is so and i just want to move on to talk about how often we should study how often should we study the bible i'm going to give you some a guide as to how to study as well as some bible study tips but before i do that let's look at matthew chapter 4 and we're looking at verse 4 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path okay so here we go we're at matthew chapter 4 so it says and this is when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil Um, and he answered and said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God so we shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God let's go to John chapter 6 and we're looking at verse 51 and Jesus says I am the living bread which came down from heaven if any man eat of this bread he shall live forever and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So, we're still looking at the importance of 
the word, the spread. Um, every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, which is contained in the scriptures, why it is important for us to study these words and live by them. As Jesus says, he is the living bread that came down from heaven. And if we eat of this bread, meaning if we partake of the bread, the word, then it will give us life. And in it, we will find life. It is the life of the word. And so that is it. That is why it is important for us to study the word that we may have life. Okay, let's move on. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. Chapter 40. Isaiah is a pretty long chapter. Okay, so verse 8 says, The grass withereth. The flower faded, but the word of God shall stand forever. This word, this bread, this life, it will stand forever. I think there is a scripture that says also that the heavens and the earth will pass away, but not one tittle not even a small amount of the word will pass away until everything be fulfilled so this word it gives us everlasting life and it says the word of god shall stand forever it will not pass away nothing that is contained in scripture has been done away with nothing is nailed to the cross or is no longer applicable to us in our time we are still required to study the word everything that is contained therein they still stand and that is why we need to study the bible for ourselves let's jump to job chapter 11 and we're going to look at verse 7 So that's Job chapter 11, and we're looking at verse 7. I'll read to verse 9. And so it says, Canst thou by searching find God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell, what canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If ye cut off and shut up or gather together, then can hinder him? Then who can hinder him? Sorry. For he knoweth vain men, he seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For vain men would be wise, though man be born like a wild ass's colt. Alright, I'll read verse 13. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hand towards him, if iniquity be in thy hand, put it far away and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. That was verse 14. Alright, so I'll end there. Essentially, this is saying that we cannot, even by searching in our infinite minds, 
understand the depth and the breadth of God. It is too much. We, we can't fathom. Because it says, Job says, Can thou by searching find out God? Can thou by find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is high as the heaven and it is deeper than hell. Broader than the sea and the measure thereof is longer than the earth. So we cannot we cannot find out every single thing there need there is about God or understand or try to understand God. And I think it is in John chapter 20. Well, the final chapter of John is what I use to try to remember. So it could be John 21 if that's the final chapter. Yes, it is. And it's the final verse, which is verse 25, that says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. So if if every single thing that was done or that Jesus did was supposed to be written down, every one of them, then the world itself would not be able to contain the books that should be written. And so, there's so much more. Even if we have studied the Bible cover to cover, we will still not know everything about God. And when we get to heaven, we will continue to study in the ceaseless and throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity, we will still not be able to cover everything that is God so we study the word we study to show ourselves approved but understand too that you will never know everything and not everything will be revealed to you but it is important for you to walk in the light that you are given so whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has revealed unto you whatever truths that you have you walk according to that light and if you are faithful if God sees that you are walking in the light that you have been given, then he will reveal more light unto you. Okay, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 13 and we look at verse 11. And that's Jeremiah chapter 13 and verse 11. Okay, and so it says, For as the girdle cleaveth to the loins of a man, so have I caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah, saith the Lord, that they might be unto me for a people and for a name and for a praise and for a glory, but they would not hear. And verse 12, Therefore, thou speak unto them this word, Thus saith the Lord of Israel, Every bottle shall be filled with wine, and they shall say unto thee, Do we not certainly know that every bottle shall be filled with wine? Okay, let's also look at Second Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14, and then I'll explain. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14. 
I'm sorry, that's First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, just to get some context, I'll read verse 13. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, and that was that he is the truth. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Okay, the final, I'll just take the final scripture before I move on. And that Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. That Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. I'll read for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of God but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit okay so in moving into our how to study the Bible we'll look at 2nd Peter chapter 1 and verse 21 which we just read that the scriptures many many people will try to tell you that you know the bible was written by men so you know it's not really the word of god because it was written by men but we know that the bible is the inspired words of god and they were moved by the holy spirit that these men were moved as Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21 tells us that God spake to them and they were moved by the Holy Spirit and that is how the scripture was given okay let's also look at second Timothy chapter 3 second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 is what we look at and it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works so again another witness that says that scripture was given by inspiration of God that the God spake these words and these holy men were moved by the Holy Spirit to, to, to record scripture and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And these things were written as examples for us. These things that were written aforetime are for our admonition, for our um, record. So it is the Holy Spirit that moved and allowed the bible to be recorded okay let's go to john chapter 16 and verse 13 and just bear in mind that 
when you are studying the Bible, it is the same Holy Spirit that will guide and teach you into all truth. And John tells us that. So let's go to John 16. And we're looking at verse 13. And it says, Hobbit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall speak not of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. So it is this spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, which is also referred to as the Comforter, which the Father will send, um, that will guide and teach you truth. verse 14 says he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you so it is this spirit this spirit of truth that will guide and teach you all truth okay let's look at verse 26 also still in john um chapter 14 and verse 26 so that's john 14 and verse 26 and it says but the comforter which is the holy spirit the holy ghost sorry whom the father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever i have said unto you so it is the same spirit of truth also referred to as the comforter the holy ghost the father will send in jesus's name to teach you all things to bring things back to your remembrance whatever ever things that you have studied whatever things that you have read it is the same holy spirit that would have moved these men to record the scriptures when you study them it is the same holy spirit that guides you that teaches you truth and will bring back to your remembrance the things that you would have studied and how does the holy spirit do this how does it teach and how does it guide we'll answer that question with scripture so let's go to first corinthians chapter 2 and we're looking at verses 6 to 7 and we'll also look at verses 10 to 14 so we're at first corinthians chapter 2 and it and verse 6 says Hobbit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So, this is the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that we pray for, that the Holy Spirit um, can depart to us whenever we're studying the word it is not wisdom of the world but the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory okay let's move to verse 10 but God had revealed them unto us by his spirit so whatever things that you read in the Bible that might not be clear that might not be 
you know lucid or so transparent to you it's a mystery is what you might say then it says god reveals them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of god so we in our infinite minds will not understand some things the mysteries of god but god in his providence would have provided this spirit of truth to guide us and to teach us and to reveal to us the things of god and verse 11 says for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of god knoweth no man but the spirit of god no we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of god that we might know the things that are freely given to us of god which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth but which the holy spirit teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual things but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned so in our natural carnal state we cannot receive the things of the spirit so it is by moving away from the carnal man and putting on the spiritual man that we are able to receive the mysteries of god that we are able to discern spiritual things and it is the holy spirit that teaches in verse 13 it says which the holy spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual things okay let's move to isaiah chapter 28 and verse 10 still looking at how to study the bible so that's isaiah chapter 28 and we're looking at verse 10 and it says for precept must be upon precept precept upon precept line upon line here a little there a little and you know someone said to me once that they have read the bible in its entirety from genesis to revelation just reading chapters and chapters of genesis and then moving to exodus and leviticus and so on and so forth but here the bible provides us with you know how to study the bible it says line upon line precept upon precept here a little there a little and i'm not trying to say that if you read the bible from front to back that you would not have studied the bible correctly uh there might not be any just one way to study the word of god but here we are not left in darkness we are told that line should be that we compare spiritual things with spiritual things and it is line upon line precept upon precept and if for example you're looking at the topic of the sabbath then you would gather together all those scriptures that would speak to the sabbath 
and you would look at the context and that is how you compare spiritual things to spiritual things because if you read continuously then you might not understand the full essence of the word for example if you read if you read about a particular topic in Genesis for example and then you move on to Exodus and it is talking about something completely different and then you get to Leviticus and whatever scripture that was in Genesis is linked to something in Leviticus then you would not have understood the full essence of what you read in Genesis having not compared it to a similar spiritual line that is contained in Leviticus because your mind would have taken you afterwards to something that happened in Exodus so it is important for us to to gather together all of those lines those scriptures those spiritual things that speak to something and it will give you a clearer understanding of what you have read and what you have studied and you can Put down in your notes as well as we're at Isaiah chapter 28 verse 9 as well we read verse 10 so verse 9 says whom shall he teach knowledge and of course we know that this is the Holy Spirit and whom shall he make to understand doctrines them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast so you can add that to your notes as well And another important point that I want to make is that the scripture is not for private interpretation. The Bible interprets itself. Another important principle that we need to take into consideration is that two two or three witnesses are needed in order to establish truth. And you see that all these principles go hand in hand because if we're going to be studying line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, then if it is that you would have read one particular truth, um, then you need another witness. And reading a chapter continuously, you might not find that witness in the same chapter because it would be somewhere else so you would gather together all of those truths and then you would have all your witnesses to get a full picture and a full understanding of spiritual things so to confirm this let's go to second corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1 so that's second corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1 and it says This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. So two or three witnesses is needed to establish truth. And just to confirm that, let's go to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 16. A second witness. Because we need two or three witnesses in order to establish truth so out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall truth be established 
and Matthew chapter 18 tells us the same thing so verse 16 says but if he will not hear thee well let's start at verse 16 so you get some context 15 moreover if thy brother shall trespass against thee go and tell them go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone for if he shall hear thee thou hast gained thy brother but if he will not hear thee then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established so again we see out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established and i always use matthew chapter 15 and verse 9 um, and the same scripture is contained in mark 7 verse 7 to to illustrate this point that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall the word be established so matthew chapter 15 verse 9 says although it's it's kind of different thing but i just want to reiterate this principle that two or three witnesses are needed in order to establish truth so matthew 15 verse 9 says but in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men and if you go to mark chapter 7 and verse 7 you'll find that same scripture and so it says howbeit in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men similarly i think the parable of the sower and the seed it is found in matthew chapter 13 as well as in mark i think it is in mark 4 yeah so more than one places you'll find the same doctrines truths out of the mouth of two or two two or three witnesses should truth be established okay let's go to first timothy chapter 5 and verse 9 19 sorry so that's first timothy chapter 5 and verse 19 says against an elder receive not an accusation but before two or three witnesses again the same principle that if you if there is an accusation against someone in this case an elder you gather together witnesses that might have uh, been present for whatever the accusation is and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses um, should you be able to corroborate that accusation if not then them that sin rebuke before all that also that others also may fear okay let's go to deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 6 and it's the same principle we just want to utilize all of the the witnesses just to make this point so that's deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 6 and it says 
at the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses shall he that is worthy of death be put to death but at the mouth of one witness he shall not be put to death so one again we see one accusation from one person is not sufficient out of the mouth of two or three witnesses is how you establish truth and it it is how you uh, establish the word so a physical application um, in the in terms of accusation of the elder and spiritual application in terms of how you establish doctrine and truth in the Bible as we just looked at in Matthew chapter 15 verse 9 and Mark chapter 7 verse 7 some other witnesses which I will not go to in the interest of time are Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 15 that's Deuteronomy 19:15, and also Hebrews chapter 10 verse 28 and Revelation 11 and verse 3 so here I want to go into some Bible study tips that I think might be useful for those that you know are just starting to study the Bible on their own or who just need some more guidance as to how to study the Word of God okay so the Apostle Paul says study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needed not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and that second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 God has given us the Bible in order that we might know him and that we might do his will here on earth having this everlasting truth everlasting gospel so we when we study the Bible it is important for us to study that we understand so as we mentioned before that we are supposed to embark upon prayer before we study the Word of God that the Holy Spirit might guide and teach us and give us wisdom knowledge and understanding a devotional Bible study is when we read and study the Word of God in order that we might hear God's voice and that we might know what his will is in order that we might live better lives as Christians here on earth so for a devotional reading and studying of the Bible I'm going to give you five practical suggestions that will deepen your Bible study and I mentioned one before which is to begin your Bible reading with prayer the Bible should never be studied without prayer the Holy Spirit alone can cause us to feel the importance of those things easy to be understood or to prevent us from wrestling with truths difficult for us to understand so it is the it is the office of heavenly angels to prepare the heart so that it comprehends God's Word that we shall be charmed with its beauty admonished by its warnings or animated and strengthened by its promises so it is the Holy Spirit that will do all this for us so we should make the psalmist petition our own open though mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law and that Psalm 119 and verse 18 so temptations often appear irresistible because through the neglect of prayer and the study of God's word the tempted one cannot readily remember God's promises and I think we when you look at 
Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil every response that he gave to each and every one of the temptations was it is written and if we are too to overcome the temptations and the things that easily beset us we too should have these things hidden away in our hearts so that when the devil comes to us and when temptations come upon us even like a flood we too can say thus saith the lord or it is written preceded by scripture preceded by the words which we would have studied so when we study the bible uh we are to pray okay the second uh tip that i'll give you is that you should set aside time consistent undistracted time to read and to study the bible so two of the most acute challenges to effective personal bible study are busyness and distraction so sometimes even us as christians we feel that we are too busy to study the bible we know that it's important and we know that it's something that we need to do but we often rush through the bible reading rather than creating a space that we can really savour the words that we can really you know hide them away in our hearts and that you know the holy spirit can actually have time to teach and to guide us and the spirit of god can linger with us over his word but oftentimes we're too distracted or we're hurried or we're strapped for time or our attention is divided between study and something else so set a time aside time you know for study and be consistent with your study we need to remember and believe that we need to hear from god's word each day and many other things which we think are important you know it might be work it might be school it's not as urgent nothing is more important than your soul salvation they can wait this can't so the third tip is ask questions when you read the bible so the bible contains you know the mysteries of god and we would have gone through scripture that tells us that is the holy spirit that will reveal these truths to us that will reveal these things so when we read if there's something that we do not understand even though you know we prayed for the holy spirit and for god to you know reveal certain things to us to open our eyes then we ask questions so it says breakthroughs in personal bible study often begin by asking a question and looking carefully at the test and surrounding context for answers so you know you have the who who is speaking what are they talking about at what time was this written where were they why how we ask these questions you know to get an understanding of context and to get an understanding of what is happening so for example if we're studying philippians we could ask several questions about the opening verse what is the biblical genre the type of writing that you're reading so philippians um like most of the new testament letters which were written by paul um they open by mentioning you know the writer who he's writing to 
followed by like a prayer of thanksgiving um, and you know who is sending the letter all of these things are contained in about the first couple of verses and it offers us you know some context and some background knowledge as to who is writing who is who is it intended for stuff like that so it's verse one of philippians would answer some of those initial questions that you would ask yourself to give you that background knowledge and context so it is paul that was writing to timothy and in verse 3 the author writes using the first person singular i my me which suggests that paul is the letter's principal author but if we continue reading we discover that paul writes from prison and that's about philippians 1 verse 12 to 14 there about and he plans to send his trusted colleague timothy to visit those believers soon we see that in philippians 2 at about verse 19 there about um, and the senders meaning who paul plans to send timothy to visit are the servants of christ so the bible as we would have mentioned before is not for any private interpretation we don't read and and try to of our own selves interpret what it is trying to say it will interpret itself if there is a question that is asked or if there is something that is spoken of that is not so clear in the particular scripture then it is revealed in either that same chapter or comparing spiritual things with spiritual things it is revealed somewhere else in scripture so it is important that we compare spiritual things with spiritual things in this regard so when you study the bible the fourth tip um, is to take notes about what you read and of course go back and look at your notes and refresh your mind and your memory with the things that you would have read or written down you can keep a journal if that helps of your bible studies and your devotional notes your questions any insights anything that was revealed to you you can keep note of all these things it does not have to be elaborate it can just be simple where you jot down you know scriptures um, any insights stuff like that um, the final thing is to the final tip that I'll give is that you should apply what you have studied to your life anything that you would have learned any light that would have been revealed to you should be applied to your life we are told that we should be not just readers or hearers of the word but doers also so it is important that when you study that you know it is not something that oh i now understand or i now know this but you should always think about how it is applicable to your life and you should apply it to your life where it can be applied because the bible is not an ordinary book the words that are written therein are like medicine for your soul it has the power to change your life because there is life in the word 
and we see that in hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. so if you abide in the word continually obeying the teachings and living in accordance with them then you will be considered a true disciple and as the bible says you will know the truth and it will make you free so the verses um if we study them if we continue to live by them and you know the promises especially if we stand on them if we claim them then they have life-giving and life-changing power if we don't study god's word consistently and apply the truth to our lives then we will lack the power that we need to mature in christ and to glorify god in this world so no matter where you are in your walk with god no matter where you are on your journey i want to encourage you to start to spend time in god's word today to be determined to stick to studying god's word you'll find that every time that you study the bible and you pay attention to what you're reading you're learning something and your life will be transformed i thank you so much for tuning in to my podcast i hope that you will continue to support and that you would have gained something from having listened so i hope that you were wonderfully blessed and that you will continue to grow in grace thank you maranatha